I'm, I'm in this series, this holiday series of messages that, that we, we, we've called Tis the Season to Be. And uh, this, morning's, this morning's theme is Tis the Season to Be Generous. Now, you say, what does that all, what's that got to do with? What's that all about? And, and really, this is the, in a sense, this is the essence of Christmas in many ways. Because, we, we, you know, we think of Christmas from the time we're young, uh, and even until, you know, as we get older and so forth, we think of giving. You know, sometimes we think of receiving as much as we do of giving and so forth, and that's, that's a whole different deal, and I want to talk about that. So what's the basis for this, this giving at the holidays, this, this interesting concept? Where did it all start? Why do we do that? You know, it's just kind of something we do. Um, you know, what does it mean there? What does it mean to have the, the true spirit of, of Christmas? And, and, and how do I get that? And some of you are thinking, well, I know where it came from. I've heard you talk about it before. I think I did last year or the year before. I don't remember which. But uh, you say it's, it's that, that's that bishop, that guy from uh, that Asia Minor country back in the uh, 13th century, 12th century, um, um, Myra. Actually, I'm sorry, it was 300, not the 12th century. It's 300 um, A.D., you know, Bishop of Myra, a guy, guy by the name of Nicholas in uh, Asia Minor area, and you've heard me speak of that before. And, and that's where that whole concept of giving came from. And, you know, it's kind of a cool thing when you think about it. Around three, uh, 340 A.D., the church is really just the church. You're 300 years after, after Christ's uh, death and burial and resurrection, and, and this is really before there were any kind of denominations. The Catholics didn't start until somewhere around 400, 404, depending on which revisionist history you want to read. But, I mean, it's somewhere in the 400s when the Catholics started. And then, of course, after that, we have the Reformation. And, and then we have all kinds of, you know, the, out of the Protestants, uh, you got the, the Methodist and the Baptist and this and this. But this is before any of that. So it was really the essence of what the gospel is about in terms of giving. Now, uh, this, this guy, Nicholas, and, and uh, I'll, real quickly, uh, I'll review the story for you. I, I have it on a link, by the way, or a couple of different versions of the, of the story, and his, it's history and it's true. You know, some of it's a little different here and a little different there, and I have a couple links for you on, uh, on our website. Just go to Action Steps. You'll see it right there on the, on the title page of our, uh, on the homepage of our, of our website. And actually, it might be a good thing to just print off and maybe read to your kids on Christmas morning or something. It's, it's really a great story. Uh, and great history, as you, as you learned about Nicholas, this guy who was a wealthy young man. His, his uh, parents died and left him a lot of money, and, and uh, people in his village were very poor. And there was one particular uh, farmer who didn't really have anything, and he had, either, depending on which story you read, two or three daughters. And uh, in those days, you, didn't, you couldn't marry. Your, your daughters could not get married unless you had a dowry uh, to pay the, 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 the groom, which is, you know, I, I supported that concept when I got married. <laughs> then I had a daughter, and I didn't like the concept, you know. Um, but uh, in those days, if you didn't have that money, you couldn't, you couldn't do anything. And, here he, and, and, and as the story goes, uh, the history tells us that this guy, this, this farmer, poor farmer guy was going to end up, his daughters were going to be sold into slavery, which would mean a brothel of some sort, uh, which wasn't uncommon in those, in those days. 
And uh, when Nicholas heard about that, he snuck over to their house and took three bags of money or one big bag of money, depending on which version of the story you believe, and, and threw it in the window so, so that he, the farmer, the poor farmer, would have a dowry for his three daughters so they could get married and not, not go into uh, slavery and so forth. And he tried to run away and, and, and not be caught and so forth. And that thus began the legend slash history story of, of, of Nicholas. Later on, he was canonized, became St. Nicholas. Um, later on, a Dutch version of that came up, and he was Cinder Claus, German Dutch, Cinder Claus. Later on, that became Kris Kringle, the whole thing. And you can read about it in, 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 on those links on the website. So you say, that's it. That's where the giving came from. Then some others of you will say, no, 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 that's not right. And it goes back 300 years before that. When the three wise men came and they brought those gifts the frankincense and all that stuff, you know, and myrrh and, 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 and all, you know, uh, brought that to baby Jesus. That's where the giving started. Good start, but obviously it was even before that, wasn't it? It really goes back to what God did when he gave us Jesus. When he gave us, which is pretty amazing, when he gave us a gift that was phenomenal. I want to show you that from the scriptures. I want to re- just follow along with me in our reading, and, and uh, then I'll have some comments to make about this whole thing of giving. It, this really comes from Luke chapter 2. This is in the New Living Translation. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God. Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to all whom God favors. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Come on, let us go to Bethlehem. Let's see this wonderful thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They ran to the village, and they found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. Then the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary quietly treasured these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their fields and flocks, glorifying and praising God for what the angels had told them and because they had seen the child just as the angel had said. We skip down a few verses to Luke chapter 2, verse 25. Now, there was a man named Simeon. This is a great story part. This is a great part of this story. Sometimes we miss this. There was a man named Simeon who lived in Jerusalem. He was a righteous man and very devout. He was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he eagerly expected the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. I'll talk more about that Christmas Eve, this whole thing of expectancy and waiting. And, uh, and, and these people, I mean, they were looking for something. They were waiting. And uh, it's an amazing, and we'll, we'll, we'll do more of that on Christmas Eve, but that, that's, that's, what that's what they're doing. Verse 26, the Holy Spirit had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, the Old Testament law, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and he praised God saying, Lord, now I can die in peace. As you promised me, I have seen the Savior. You have given to all people. He is a light to, re- to, to reveal God to the nations. And he is, to, he is the glory of your people, Israel. Later on, the Apostle Paul's writing about this in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and he says this, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. 
Let's not forget, and it's easy to do, the greatest gift where we get all of our basis for giving at Christmas time, the greatest gift wasn't the Bishop of Myra, later on becoming the Bishop of Myra, Nicholas, great person. Wasn't the three wise men, great men, I'm sure, devout. But it was what God did for you and for me in sending Jesus, his son, to save us from our pathetic selves. That's a gift. I want to show you, I want to go to another passage in just a moment and show you some of these things because when we talk about giving, and I don't care whether you're talking about giving presents to your kids or to your family or your friends. I don't care whether you're talking about giving money to, to Renaissance Church or, or some other um, worthy thing or institution. Can't th- think of anything more worthy right now. No. Um, <laughs> whether you're talking about end-of-year giving, whether you're talking about just the spirit of giving, whether you're talking about just a, just a giving person, which we've all known in our lives. Just, and, and you don't just think about them at Christmas time, do you? That's a giving person. We've all known some people like that. Hopefully you're striving to be that kind of a person. It may mean they give their money, yeah, but, but they, do, they do more than that, don't they? They give themselves. So I want to I just take, I take five principles out of the Scripture and just get you to think about these things. And it, it, it might help you in any one of those areas, whether you're talking about giving gifts to, to, to Aunt Sweet Tooth, who you don't particularly like, or whether it be, whether it be giving something to, to your kids or your family, or whether it be giving money, whatever, whatever the giving happens to be. I want you to think about this, okay? And that's, we're going to take it right out of the Bible. My opinion doesn't matter here. What, happened, what, what matters is, is the Scripture. I don't know how this got lost. In, in, in churches, but it really has been. Um, so I want, I want to show you this, five very simple principles of, of giving based on the greatest gift of all, Jesus, to you and me. And these come from 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Just, we're going to show them to you on the, on the screen and just kind of follow along with me. Here's the first one. He who gives much receives much. Let me show you this in in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. So we're to be be generous in our giving, whatever that giving happens to be. Um, English writer, American writer, I'm sorry, uh, said this, that I, I, I like this quote, generosity with strings is not generosity, it's a deal. That's a good statement. So many times people say, well, I'm going to give you this. And it's like, okay, I'll do a deal with you. But let's call it what it is. The book of Proverbs has a great statement about this. The generous prosper and are satisfied. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. It's a great statement. The generous people receive back more than what they give, whatever it is they are giving. It's an amazing thing when you see that. And, I'm, you know, when you think about that, and I, just, just to get your mind straight, are we, are we talking about money? Sure, we're talking about money. Are we talking about time? Yep. Are we talking about gifts? Yep. We're just talking about the general aspect of being a giving individual. 
which is what every one of us who have come to faith in Christ should be because of the greatest gift that we've received, being Christ. He who gives much receives much. Number two, when you give, make sure it's your idea. Make sure it's your... Here's what I mean by that. Look, look in... Uh, here, here's, here's the point. Never be bullied. Never be intimidated. Never be manipulated into giving. You don't do it out of guilt. You don't do it out of obligation. And if you do, don't do it. And, I, and, I, and, I, and I'm, I'm serious about that. And I'm serious about that because that's what the Bible teaches. Let me show you. Still in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Now we'll take the next verse, verse 7. You must, you must each... Make up your own mind as to how you should give. Don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves the person who gives cheerfully. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Isn't that terrific truth right there? And, and you know... Can you, this is, this is, I can really get into this. Because you just, we've seen so many things happen in the name of, of, of church and Christians especially. I'm just going to talk about that aspect for a moment. Because I would imagine every one of us here, and I certainly am one to have, have been in those kinds of places where you really have felt pressured to give. And maybe it was at a church, maybe it was a fundraiser for something else, um, and, and maybe it was a, I'm not talking about the cause, maybe it was a great cause. But the point, I think that the Bible really tries to, and for some reason this gets lost in a lot of this kind of stuff, the Bible says, listen, don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. This New Living Translation puts it that way. You, know, you give because this is what you want to do, it's your idea, you want to do this. I want to give to this. This is terrific. I want to give to that person. I want to give my money. I want to give my time. I want to, I want to, I want to be a part of this because it's really, it's, it's terrific. And it really goes to this next statement, which is also in the same passage in 2 Corinthians. So he who gives much receives much. When you give, make sure it's your idea. Third thing, ask God to put it in your heart. This is kind of cool. Ask God to put it in your heart. Next verse reads like this. For God is the one who gives seed to the farmer and then bread to, to eat. In the same way, he will give you many opportunities to do good. I'm not just talking about giving, it's about how you live. Many opportunities to do good, and he will produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched so that you can give even more generously. And when you take your gifts to those who need them, they will break out in thanksgiving to God. There you go. You ever had that happen? Somebody gave you something, maybe it was big, maybe it was small, and you're like, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Maybe it's something they did for you, and you're just like, wow. You know? And that's one of those things that, if you've, you know, when you've been on the, and all of us have, when you've been on the receiving end of the, some of those things, and, and maybe it was a small thing to them, but to you it was just like, thank you so much. I had a guy take me to some golf course, not too long ago to play golf, and I was just like, wow, it was beautiful. I guess I'm thinking about that because of the sub-zero weather we've had for at least three months now, but, uh, <laughs> um, uh, and I, I was just like, wow, thanks so much. He was like, oh, it's nothing. I said, hey, it's something to me. This is great. You know, it, it doesn't have to be big, but maybe it is, you know, and, and, and that's the point. Um, Ask God to put it in your heart. And that's so great. You'll be enriched there in verse 11. Fourth, fourth statement. 
This is, this, is, this is key right here. You give out of thanksgiving. You give out of thanks. You give because you're thankful. You skip down to verse 15, 2 Corinthians 9, 15. He says, thank God for his son, a gift too wonderful for words. That's in the New Living Translation. The New American Bible, uh, New American Bible says indescribable gift. We give because we've been given so much. You mean we've been given so much as Americans and we're prosperous and we have a lot? Well, yeah, but that's not just what I'm talking about. Certainly that too, but because as a, as a follower of Christ, I give because of, what, what I, I, because of what God's done for me, what he's given me. In terms of having, being able to have a relationship with him because of Jesus. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's to, to give me the ability, not that it always happens in my life practically, but to give me the ability to be saved from my pathetic self. And let's face it, all of us can be pretty pathetic at times, and pretty selfish at times. You know, that's so good. We give out of thanksgiving. There's an old statement that uh, I used to hear an old preacher say, and it's kind of a, kind of a, cliche almost, but I think it's true. It says you can never outgive God. Well, that's true. Twelfth uh, century Italian philosopher said it this way, the return we reap from generous actions is not always evident. One of the things that's happened, uh, particularly in Christianity as I see it, and, and I, you know, I read all this stuff and, and watch all this stuff and read different websites, and you see this all the time, where where especially in ministries and churches, and, and we really try not to do this, and if I've done it, I, I sincerely ask of your forgiveness. I don't think I have. But many times what you do is people will say, well, if you give, God will bless you. And, and I believe that's true. And the, you know, they're talking about if you give to this church or this ministry or whatever, God will bless you. I, I, I believe that's true. I believe that's true here. But then we have to talk about the term bless because we have this thing here in this great capitalistic country that we live in, and bless usually can be defined one particular way, can it? And that is in terms of money. And is God, that may be that way, but it may be in other ways. That's why I like this quote so much. It may be in a lot of other ways that God is going to bless you. It might be with some fulfillment. It might be with a terrific, terrific family. It might be with some relationships. It might be in ways, as, as, as the Italian philosopher here says, and I'm not going to try to pronounce his name, uh, it's not always evident, you know? It's not always evident. So my point on this is if you give to anything, people, a person, gift, money to a church, this church, whatever, and you're expecting, okay, I got this big bonus this year at the end of the year, baby, and if I give to this church, it's going to be bigger next year. I'd like to promise you that, but I can't promise you that. And neither does the Bible. But I will promise you one thing. If you give to worthy causes, God will bless you. He'll bless you in many ways. So don't miss that. You give out of thanksgiving. Now, I want to get to this last thing. He, he who gives much receives much. When you give, make sure it's your idea. Ask God to put it in your heart. When you give, get out, give out of thanksgiving. If something has been missed in this whole spirit of giving, the whole Christmas season, the whole church 
thing, and, and, and forgive me, I, I refer to it as church because that's been my life for over 25 years. It could, it could be a, a number of other types of things that, that are nonprofits and so forth. Um, but ministry and church has been my life, so that's how I think of it. And, and you can maybe think of it in different ways, and that's fine. Schools, whatever. Um, but if there's something that has been missed, more than anything, I believe, in this whole teaching on giving, from the gift, the present, to the huge check, it's this, this next principle that the Bible teaches very, very clearly. I mean, you've got to be blind to miss this in the Scriptures. You read the scriptures at all. Your giving begins with yourself. If you go back, I just read, we just were reading through 2 Corinthians 9, all those principles that I showed you. If you go back to the beginning of the passage, which really starts in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1. Um, if you go back to the beginning, look what he says, beginning in chapter 8, verse 3. I got it here for you. For I can testify. He's talking about these believers that gave money. They gave not only what they could afford, but far more. And they did it on their own, of their own free will. Watch this, watch this. They begged us again and again for the gracious privilege of sharing in, 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 sharing in the gift for the Christians in Jerusalem. These people were, were, were collecting for some, other, for some other Christians in Jerusalem. It's like, what planet are they on? I said, hey, I want to give some more. Hey, I want to give some more. Nobody's saying, you better give, you better give. Come on, how much? Come on, yeah, how much? Come on, give now, come on. Stand up if you're going to give. They're saying, hey. This is on their heart. They're doing this out of thanksgiving. They want to do this. I'm delighted to do this. This is what I want to do. This is so cool. Best of all, watch this, verse 5. They went beyond our highest hopes for their first action was to dedicate themselves to the Lord. It starts right here. Gosh, that's good, isn't it? God says it starts with, it starts with yourself. It starts with giving your life to God and saying, God, I, I do this, I do this, and I do this, and I do this well, and I want to I wanna do it. I want to I honor you in what I do, whatever that is, whether that's, you know, we always take that to, that's not just ministry. We, don't, we take that to that. It's wherever you are, whether you're, a, whether you're an artist or whether you're a, a finance person or whether you just, a, just, a, just, you know, work with your hands or whatever it is that you do. He said, you give yourself to God. And that's the point here. The at, and, and here's the issue. You know, this is so, they first, the first action was to dedicate themselves to the Lord. Let me ask you if this ever happened to you. This happened to, with one of our children, our, our imperfect one. And um, um, one time, a little kid gave him, you know, you, 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 you know, in that particular stage of our lives, we didn't have much. And yeah, you, know, you sacrifice. I, I don't know what it was that it was the big deal at the time, Hot Wheels or some, some crap like that. I don't know what it was. But anyway, are Hot Wheels still big, by the way? Do we still do those things? They are. That's great. Anyway, he wanted, you know, all these Hot Wheels things, you know. Kind of gave away who the kid was, didn't I? And, um, and we bought, you know, we, you know and, and, and there's some other stuff with it and there's some other hoopla and 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 so you know we made, made bought all these things for him and everything and I think he played with it about five minutes. You know the rest of the story, don't you? And boom, he's off to something else. Still has ADD, but I mean, boom, he's off to something else. You know, and you're sitting here thinking, you're looking, you're looking, I look at Charlene, and she looks at me, and I'm thinking, 
Here we are. We sacrificed for this stuff. One, you're really, really excited about giving him this. He played with the five minutes. Boom, he's gone. You know, that's part of the deal. I think most of us understand that who've had kids with different things. Now, I want to just take that a, a little deeper, okay, that illustration. How do you think God feels when he gives us this phenomenal gift of Jesus for us? And we say, boy, that's great, God. I want to I I believe in him. I want to trust him. I, wanna, I want my life to, 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 to be centered on Christ. And 10 minutes later, we're doing our own selfish, pathetic thing. It's kind of an abuse of the gift, isn't it? And if you get anything out of this whole Christmas message, this whole Christmas, tis the season to be generous, I want you to walk away from here realizing God has been phenomenally generous with you and me. Materially, absolutely. But even in a greater way, by giving us his son, that we can have a relationship with God, our creator, through him. That's everything. And we respond to that. Let's pray together. God, these are, these are phenomenal truths, and, and I just want us to mentally and, and, and spiritually wrap our arms around these things and, and to think through them. Lord, I thank you for the gift of Jesus. And God, I'll be the first to confess to you, sometimes I take you for granted. Sometimes I don't think about it as much and think about you as much as I should. And I know every, everyone here can probably share into that prayer. Help us to think about it. Help us to focus on it. For some of us, help us maybe for the first time to embrace that truth that, that you sent your son Jesus in our place for, to give us the ability to live a life with a relationship with you and to live above our own pathetic, selfish selves because we can trust Christ who came and lived and suffered and died and went to the tomb and rose again that we would have and have the ability to have a relationship with you. We thank you for that. We thank you for your love and for your grace. We thank you for our time here. We thank you for this season. It's a great time. Help us to enjoy it and to reflect on just how blessed we are in so many different ways. And we thank you now in Jesus' name. Amen.